When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to SFF Yeah, a podcast dedicated to all things science fiction and fantasy. This is episode 167, and we are recording on December 22nd. I'm Jen Northington. I'm here with Vanessa Diaz again, filling in for Sharifa. Hooray! Hello. Welcome back. Thank you. Jen and I are getting to spend some quality podcasting time together lately. We are. I'm not sad about it. Uh, yes, yeah, so today we're going to talk about what 2022 and 2023 titles got accolades uh, in this past year. Um, 2022 is because all of the award winners for this year are were published in 2022 because that's how awards work, right? Like the books mm-hmm. have to be out before you can award them. So, <laughs> but then the 2023 books were the ones that appeared on like best of the year list. So we'll be looking at award winners and then best of the year uh roundups and i did a bunch of data crunching because of course i did it's what you do so well that's why we love it's what i do it's what i do i make spreadsheets about things um okay so before we get into everything else though a little housekeeping note i said on this most recent episode of backlist but if you haven't listened yet I'm going to be playing with it since it's just me for the next three months over there. Um, And one of the things I was like, let's do this, is bringing back a little of that Get Booked vibes. So if you would like a personalized SFF reading recommendation from moi, email sff yeah at bookriot.com tell me what you like what you're looking for what you've already read in that vibe uh and we already got our first question so that's that's super fun yeah i was like oh why didn't i think of this sooner (laughs) may i tell the readers a silly little get booked anecdote about me um i whack when i was just a book riot fan i wrote in to get booked (laughs) to get recommendations (gasps) For a trip I was taking to England, books about England. So it was you and Amanda that suggested a bunch Mm. of books that introduced me to Zadie Smith. It's been great. But it was literally that trip that sort of got me to go, I don't want to do the job I'm doing. And I want to work in (laughs) books and writing. It was like the kickoff for like a whole big life change that eventually landed me here. So get booked is out here changing lives. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. I cannot. I cannot. That's amazing. Wow. Um, Many moons well, ago. <laughs> I, I cannot promise y'all that your recommendation will change your life or career path. It'll give you something to read. <laughs> it will g- definitely give you some options for reading. Uh, all right. Let's see. Other housekeeping. Oh, Russ, it is the holiday season. I don't know if you noticed. Um, it, like, maybe you noticed. It's definitely <laughs> the holiday season. Um, and TBR is here to help you with all of your last minute gifting needs. Uh, you can give it basically immediately. Like, they have to fill out the survey because it's personalized reading recommendations from our bibliologists. And then we ship the books to them after they've done that. So you can give it immediately. You don't have to wait for shipping. Um, And we have paperbacks. We have Rex only. We have hardcovers, lots of different budget options. So go to mytbr.co. That's mytbr.co. And check it out. Uh, We are here to help you with your bookish gifting. All right. We're going to take a sponsor break. And then we're going to talk about some best of lists. 
Today's episode is brought to you by Harper Horizon, publisher of Walk, Ride, Paddle. Walk, Ride, Paddle is a captivating memoir of Senator Tim Kaine's physical journey through the Virginia wilderness, but it is also a unique and ultimately optimistic perspective on these pivotal moments in history, offering inspiration, wisdom, and hope. With immediacy and honesty, Kaine pulls back the curtain to reveal his inner thoughts during such monumental times. And Kane's storytelling gift and wise observations offer a fascinating glimpse into the mind of a seasoned politician and outdoor enthusiast. Walk, Ride, Paddle is available everywhere audiobooks are sold on April 9th. It is narrated and written by Tim Kaine, Virginia senator and former Democratic vice presidential candidate. It's a compelling account of one man's journey across hundreds of miles of Virginia wilderness and a moving testament to the optimistic spirit of America. So make sure to check out Walk, Ride, Paddle by Tim Kaine. And thanks again to Harper Horizon, publisher of Walk, Ride, Paddle, for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by W.W. Norton and Company Incorporated. So Negative Space by Jillian Linden follows a week in the life of an English teacher at a New York private school. At home, her children ask constant questions about mortality and her husband offers occasional counsel between Zoom calls. At school, something happens. She accidentally witnesses an ambiguous, possibly inappropriate interaction between a teacher and a student. But how can she be sure of what she saw? Negative Space is a portrait of a woman caught between the pressures of what's normal and what isn't, and examines what we owe the people who depend on us in a fractured and indifferent world. It's a debut novel and a short novel. It's perfect if you want something quick and easy to carry around, but it's also thought-provoking. It takes place during the pandemic, but it's not pandemic-focused, and it really just looks at everyday anxieties and low-threat situations that have high consequences. So make sure to check out Negative Space by Jillian Linden. And thanks again to W.W. Norton and Company Incorporated for sponsoring this episode. So Vanessa. Jen. I was not, eh, I was like half surprised about what the top, top titles ended up being. Like, I don't think anybody is surprised that Chain Gang All-Stars showed up on seven different no. best of 2023 lists, right? No, not at all. I Yeah, I would say I was... Mostly not surprised. I was like a teeny surprised that like the Lone Women title made it on there, mm-hmm. which is actually one of my books I'm going to talk about today. But uh, yeah, I feel like Chain Gang All Stars is a book that you just could not avoid if you tried. Uh, it's it was just everywhere, <laughs> and I mean, and with yeah. good reason. It's apparently a, yes. the first chapter I have read is great. I just haven't gotten further. But yeah, like I, I'm surprised to see that I've actually read some of the books on this because I'm usually really really <laughs> bad at this for reasons that have to do with you know reading frontless titles on a podcast where i have to read for a specific right. day you know etc cetera, etc cetera. Yeah. so I, I i was i i decided not to look at this list until last night to kind of get surprised by it I was like, um yeah i love that what are your thoughts yeah so well i guess i should explain my methodology a little yeah. bit which was loose let's be real here i am not a scientific <laughs> um i i kept track of as many best of lists as i could i like saved urls and then i went and i grabbed a bunch of the titles on them and f- tried to filter for just the sci-fi fantasy because some of these were best of sff lists and some of them weren't just general like everything that came out this year which are our favorites from different you know publications and outlets um and uh yeah and then you know made some formulas in uh google sheets and came up with the ones that were repeated the most often and so Changing All-Stars by Nana Kwame Ajay Brenya 
was at the very top the whole time. Like I kept like updating it, you know, as more of these would come in and it was never not at the top. Like Changing All Stars was still there. It's always at the top, which is legit. I mean, that book is the real stuff. Um, And it is also quite a lot. So like I was about halfway through when I was like, I am... A little too delicate right now for this book. That's but basically like, why what I, I yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What I did read like blew my mind. It's it just great. got really heavy in the middle, and I was yeah. like, I need to take a breath. Um, but I'm going back to it, and I'm so. I mean, Ajay Brenya is such a stylist. Like the the writing style is yeah. just like Mwah, chef's kiss. Um, so yeah, if you if you are behind on that, it's okay. It's here for you when you're ready. Um, but it is a real. It is a real good book. Let's see. And then the next one I actually have not read yet or even I'm close to reading. Um, It's Land of Milk and Honey by C. Pam Zhang. And that was number six. And that's like a post-apocalypse kind of story yeah. um i have you have you read that one no it's um f- my brain was in a deep not place of apocalypse for a bit there and i feel like i'm coming back mm-hmm. around to it so yeah for some of the reasons but it's a yeah. beautiful cover i own it so it's gorgeous <laughs> yes Just, and i've yeah. heard such good things about zhang's other book yeah. that came out like what a couple of years couple ago years? everybody was yeah. real hype about it was like a western uh historical fiction jobby so um super interested in getting that one to the top of my tbr um, I'm I am back in the place where I can read hard things, uh, so I'm I've I have a lot of catching up to do. <laughs> same, extremely. This same. next one though, I know you read. Yeah. No, I right? so, no, I haven't. Well, okay, I what? read part of it because okay. <laughs> I'm a weenie. Um, so oh, that's like, right. Yeah, I've gotten to a place as well. To be clear, where like this is the year that I finally started reaching for more difficult topics again, and mm. I really wanted to read Our Share of Night um, by Mariana Enriquez. I. The thing about Latin American horror, which I love, right, like the hallmark of it, is that it very much just takes like the literal everyday atrocities that happen in those countries and just like blows Mm. them up into like these proportions that really don't need even that much blowing up, but really kind of leads into like the dark parts of humanity. And mm. I got part of the way through and like kind of chickened out. Same thing with like her last yeah. book, but it's the it's so good. Like I'm gonna keep going, and I almost yes. put it on my list of favorites for this year because of oh. what I did read. But I backed wow. up a little bit because I need to go further. Also, a stunning cover. It's just it's, mm-hmm. it's heavy. And there was, mm-hmm. as you just said, there were some months where heavy was not on the menu. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was. It's it's been real out here. Uh, in this world and uh, that impacts our reading because of course it does like it can't it can't not so okay so our share of night had five mentions um and then lone women by victor laval late but great made it on at three and yes. then everything else was tied at two and it was way too many books for mm, me to like include here so but i i know i read and loved lone women you're gonna talk about it yes. um always a laval fan like sharif and i did a whole book club about that up uh, that uh about that book but actually. the book right yeah so exactly. Yeah, yeah, we sure did. We sure did. And I was delighted to see that uh, these are all by, you know, BIPOC uh, Mm -hmm. or uh, non-white authors, which makes me really happy to see, like, the love getting shared. Um, It doesn't always look like that. So this is this is a nice it was a good year for books. It was was a real good year. I'm really glad I ended up doing this episode because it's easy to forget, I guess, what you've read and. You know, again, mm-hmm. we do books for a living, so you're they're kind of coming at you a mile in a minute or a mile a minute. And then, yeah, upon yeah. sitting here and actually looking at these stats of the books that came out and that were, you know, getting mentioned, I was like, oh, it was a good year for me. <laughs> like, it, was, it was good. Like, I read some really good stuff. It's Yeah. It's, yes. And other people read really good stuff. 
Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah, it was nice to see. It was nice to see. Um, and a bunch of these lists, actually, that were not, you know, SFF-focused. Uh, yeah. I guess that is one thing about these four books is that they are sort of genre blenders, Very. right? Like, they're they're edge casey, um, or they straddle a couple of genres, which I think is really cool also. I love to see that. So I have I have no notes. <laughs> I have, I no, have notes. no notes, but I do have a theme, which is that it very much oh, seems like a lot of the SFF people were putting on lists very much bled into horror. Um, mm, that they have true. horror elements, and again, I think that says yes. something about where we all are collectively. <laughs> I, I don't say that as a bad thing at all because a lot of my picks have horror, horror elements, but I'm like, hmm, yeah, interesting. We're all like, make it weird and make it scary. Yeah, we are all going through some stuff. It turns out, <laughs> yes, turns out, turns out, turns <laughs> out. All right, so those are the top titles from the 2023 best of list. These will all be in the show notes for you, of course. Um, this was really interesting, too. The top titles from uh, books that yeah. were published in 2022, but won awards in 2023. I was not expecting the very tippity top. And these, okay, so I will say these were not necessarily award winners. These were award finalists or winners because I looked at the full, yes, I should, I will update that so that's clear in the show notes. These are award finalists and winners. Um, So some of them were nominated and didn't win. Mm. Um, Some of them did win, but a lot of, there were a lot of repeats, like a lot of repeats on what was nominated and or won. Um, so I have nine titles here, but the winner, winner, chicken dinner was Even Though I Knew the End by C.L. Polk with six nominations and or wins uh, in for 2023 awards. Which I was like, dang, that's a, you know, that's awesome. Awesome. For their slimmest title yet. (laughs) Yes, exactly. (laughs) Like, that's a novella, like, not, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. Again, a genre bendy one, Mm -hmm. right? It's not like pure fantasy or sci fi. Um, So that was super. And I was, I really didn't think anything was going to beat Babel. I did not. (laughs) I did not. I would have lost that bet. But but even though I knew the end, did beat it out by one. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> I just am amazed. So yeah, so Babel, obviously. Yeah. Like that, you know, that was that was always gonna be at the top of a list of of big books from twenty twenty two that got n- noticed in twenty twenty three. Um I read it. It was rough. It was great, which is basically how those books go, right? Like that's that's her specialty. <laughs> it's really rough, really good. Um, did you read that one yet? No, I, I also have it because obviously all the like yeah. Oxford and linguistic stuff like really got yes. me. And then I remembered, I'm like, wait, you also wrote the oh my gosh, I'm of course blanking on the series. Poppy, name right War. now. Poppy Wars. Yeah, and I was like, I know what you're capable of. I need more yes. time. <laughs> Let me tell you, when I say that the ending, I was actually hanging out with Sharifa when I finished that book. Oh. <laughs> And I was like, I, I just have to stare at this wall. I need for a therapy. While now. Like I need now. I need therapy. It was a lot. Woo. Um, yeah, I definitely read Yellow Face yeah. this year to be like, don't worry, I'm reading you. Which not that right, RF1 right. cares at all what I'm doing with my life. But no. I was like, I want to get to Babel, but I wasn't. I think I tried reading Poppy Wars, and I asked you about it. And you were like, you, yeah, you don't, you, you can't don't do, this. do it. You can't do it. It's too much. Like, okay. It's so. I she's one of those authors where I will go there, yeah. you know, and but it's like it's like Victor Laval too. I'm like you're gonna destroy you're gonna me, destroy but I'm me. gonna go. Yeah. You're gonna destroy me, but I'm gonna go. But it's like, whew, that's a lot. Yeah. Um, 
So let's see. Oh, then Spear, Spear. by Nicola Griffith. Yes, which I adore. Me too. Adore, adore. Um, came in uh, with four nominations or wins. And that makes me, that's another novella, Arthurian queer, you know, retelling of uh, Percival. Amazing. So like, good. amazing. So good. So, so good. I was listening to so, the audiobook of Spear on a walk, ooh. like on this really gorgeous, like, walk, hike, and there was a body of water. And I was so in, like into the book that I slipped and I fell <gasps> in the little river but I had my phone oh, in my no! hand so I lifted my <laughs> hand up in the air and Spear just like kept on playing while I was in this body of water with like my hand poking out of the water like Victoria I probably looked absolutely bananas for anybody walking by it's like Spear by Nicola Griffith great book um yeah <laughs> So that's my story. That's I love that story. That's fantastic. <laughs> it's great. Good times. Oh my goodness, that's so funny. Um, well, you know, save save the book, save the book. right? Like yep. that, save the book. Save the book. <laughs> you saved the book. You did the thing. <laughs> so we have a six-way tie for fourth place. All of these books got three nominations or wins each. Ooh. And I'm actually not particularly surprised, honestly, by yeah. any of them here. Um, Bloodmarked by Tracy Dion from the amazing series oh, that she's been speaking that. of Arthurian, right? I've like only read Legendborn. The first book, yeah. yeah, yeah. So Bloodmarked is the sequel. Love to see it. Daughter of Dr. Moreau by Sylvia hey. Moreno Garcia. Loved, 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 loved. It was so good. So good. And also kind of horror-y. Yeah, there were definitely some... Historical, some... historical horror. Yes. I'm telling you, it's very much a theme for me in you're a lot right, of books lately. You're right. <laughs> it's a thing. On the non-horrifying end of things, Enter the Riverlands by Nevo. Oh, who was the only repeat author? Siren Queen also made it oh, onto yeah. these uh, lists. So both of which I read, both of which were like fantastic. Oof. I mean, just... Siren Queen is dark. Into the Riverlands is not. not. So if you need a break from the darkness, highly recommend that one. Uh, and then Ogres by Adrian Tchaikovsky, which is a novella. Um, and Sea of Tranquility by Emily St. John Mandel, oh which is another Edge Casey one. Yep. Yeah. What is time? Half of these are like, this what was last time? year. Like, yeah. I, I know. Yeah. I was really surprised by Sea of Tranquility. I was like, that book has surely been out for like five years. I thought right? for sure at but least I, two, but apparently I it, was wrong. It kept so. coming up on this list. So I was like, well, all right. Great. Here we are. That's a lot of Here ties. Yeah, it's a lot of ties. I, it was interesting, actually. There was a lot of, I mean, you know, there are sort of the usual suspects that get a lot of the nominations or the love yeah. in any given year. Um, but I guess what I like about this is that there are, I mean, it does lean more speculative or fantasy than sci-fi. Yeah, certainly. I would say. Um, and, uh, but there's a nice variety, even regardless you know some of this is contemporary some of this is historical some of this yeah. is you know there it's like a little bit all over the Lots place some of, of it flavors, is really literary yeah. some of it is more commercial like it's it, it you know some of it is ya like it's really um very it diverse. really ranges yeah. yeah it is it's super diverse in a lot of different ways which i i think is really cool so it's just nice you know in a year that like things were not great in a lot of ways mm -hmm. um to see books that I'm like, oh, yeah, these are great books. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that, that's the oh, yeah. Measure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yes. yeah. These are good. These are great. <laughs> so, yeah, that's my non-scientific uh, research that I have done. I wrote it all up in a post on Book Right. I'll li link to that, yes. too. 
Um, so you can see a little bit more in detail uh, what that looks like. But yeah, it was. It's always fun to do this. I really enjoy it because I'm always just like, yeah, what's it going to be this year? Like, who? Yep. What are my surprise books going to be? Yeah, I'll be very surprised if like our share of night and Jane Gang All Stars don't take a lot of these top spots oh, next year. Hundred <laughs> like, percent next year. Yeah, surprised. it's a good point. Actually, we could do a fun like, what were the overlaps between this year's best yeah. of list and next year's award winners list? Note to future Jen. Note to the data person. Do that. Do that, do that thing. thing. <laughs> All right, it's on my list. Great. On my mental list. Happy to help. <laughs> All right, so we're going to take another sponsor break, and then we will come back with some of our favorites from 2023. Today's episode is brought to you by Bloom Books. Taming Seven is an epic and unforgettable love story in the international bestselling and TikTok phenomenon, The Boys of Tom and series from Chloe Walsh. So Tommen's cheekiest lad, Jared Gibsey Gibson, has always been a comedian, but inside he is haunted by events of the past and he uses humor to cope, hiding his true self from the world. Then you have Claire Biggs, who is the epitome of sunshine. She's always loved Gibsy, her brother's friend and her favorite neighbor. She also has always seen a side to him that no one else seems to notice, and she becomes determined to tame her wild-at-heart childhood best friend. So The Boys of Tommen series is an internationally best-selling YA romance series that has taken TikTok by storm. It's perfect for readers looking for new adult slash crossover romance, dual point of views, friends to lovers, marathon worthy TikTok books, and angsty tear jerkers. Taming Seven is published today and it's the fifth book in the series. So make sure to check it out. And thanks again to Bloom Books for sponsoring this episode. Today's episode is brought to you by Greenleaf Book Group. No summer vacation should be without a great read. And I don't know about you, but I am partial to mysteries and thrillers for my hot month reads. It's hot girl reading summer always over here. And from the award-winning librettist of Legally Blonde, the musical and the screenwriter of Freaky Friday, Heather Hawk, comes the page-turning psychological thriller, The Trouble with Drowning. So when author Eden Hart floats into Tucson's Antigone books and all her dazzling perfection to give a reading, Kat, a struggling writer, can't help but compare herself. Thankfully, Kat's life starts to take on its own Eden-like glow when her literary future takes shape and she falls madly in love with Jacob. As demons from her past begin to surface, Kat's mental health craters and this halcyon dream slips through her fingers. For the fastest paced slow burn you won't be able to put down, be sure to check out The Trouble with Drowning by Heather Hawk on Amazon or your retailer of choice. And thanks again to Greenleaf Book Group for sponsoring this episode. Vanessa, why don't you go first? I've been talking a lot. Jenna's letting me go first because her first pick led me to scream profanities at her for picking it before me. So she's trying to give me a gimme right now. That's fine because whatever. At least it means more people get to hear about it. <laughs> um, yeah. So looking at my list, I definitely w leaned a lot into, I think, yeah, stuff that's very like edge case or just like genre blendy mm. a lot. Uh, so my first pick is one of the spec nature and that's Vampires of El Norte by Isabel Cañas which I'm going to, I don't know how many Mexican people listen to this podcast, but I have mistakenly been calling this book Vampiros del Norte for a year. Like only when mm. I went to write it out 
Um, which basically means that I was turning it into like a regional Mexican band. Because there's a lot of groups that actually sound like that. Like the Tigres del Norte, the Tigres del Tijuana. And I'm over here like, Los Vampiros del Norte. No, it's not. It's the Vampires I oven. love that though. I, yeah, I realized I've been, I, I, yeah, I literally had to go correct it in a post because I wrote it wrong. <laughs> but somehow, anyway, so here we are. Y'all have heard about this book, but, you know, it takes place in 1840s Mexico at the Texas-Mexico border where this strange disease known as el susto or a fright, which is a thing that Mexican mothers definitely will warn you against. Like, oh, don't go out at night because you might suffer a fright. Um, But it Mm. leaves people mysteriously drained of blood. Um, So I love this book because vampires, because of the exploration of like what makes someone or something a monster because of course the Mm. like invading anglos in this book are every bit as scary a threat as whatever it is that goes bump in the night Mm. and i love that isabel cañas really leans into the use of spanish in her books in a way that just feels very natural and not forced i mean she is mexican-american but Mm. to this day when i read books that have spanish it sometimes feels like they're trying to make spanglish happen in a way that doesn't actually make sense mm. obviously this is historical so that really wouldn't make sense to like do it right. in that way but yeah i just love that it's seamless and obviously if you don't understand spanish you might have to look a few things up but that's great <laughs> it's oh fine. no not that <laughs> and i yeah loved it for that and yeah just that exploration of that like yeah like mexican urban legend yeah that maybe people haven't considered before so Mm -hmm. it's so much fun i i'm just really glad i got to read this one kind of at the last second and i now know the real name of the book which is (laughs) nice excellent you've caught up so yeah Uh (laughs) that's my first pick That one has been on my list all year, and I just never quite got to it. Um, and I hope to rec- uh, rectify that in next year oh, because so I good. really, I, I know I'm going to love it. I just know it's all of the things I like, so I just need to get to it. It's also like a little bit it. of a semi-romancy angle, and well, there is not yeah, semi; it's a romance same. angle. Yeah, so good. It's if you like the Hacienda, which was you know her first book, like this is definitely different. Right. But in if you like, she she puts the things that you may have liked from that in this too. So good pick. Right, 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 right. Excellent. Excellent. Now you go. All right. So, yes, my speculative <laughs> pick that I got to before Vanessa, <laughs> very deliberately, I'm add, sure you did, <laughs> is The Last Tale of the Flower Bride by Roshni Chokshi. I mean, listen, Chokshi is an amazing writer. This is her debut adult novel. Yeah. She's written a lot of YA and she's written some, uh, you know, adult short stories, adult short stories. That sounds weird. She's written some short stories in adult <laughs> collections. I don't know how to say that word. I know. Sound weird. <laughs> you know what I mean. Um, but this is her first novel that's targeted towards adult readers. And it is. Woo. It's, uh, I mean, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's dark, it is sexy, it is gothic AF while still being contemporary AF. Like, it's a really fascinating mix of things. And I think what I love most about it is how Chokshi fully leans into the fairy tale storytelling style. Yes. Like, this is, you know, the story of two girls who grow up in very different circumstances but become best friends despite that um, in, you know, modern times. Um, but it you feel like you are in a fairy tale the whole time. And we've got two timelines. We get a future and a past, or present and a past, technically, timeline for this. Um, and it's just stunning how, I mean, honestly, for me, like, I, I hesitate to say this ever because somebody's out here did not like this book. And that's fine. But, like, for me, this was, like, a perfect book. Yeah, like, I, I, could, I can't think of any quibble. I have with it, honestly. 
the go- and you I mean you'll get me with anything gothic but yeah I was listening yeah. to this one and reading it like at the same like depending on where I was because I mm. needed to I needed to keep going at it and oh yeah. it's just yeah it keeps you very very engaged because of that it feels like someone's yeah telling you a fairy tale like right yeah, yeah it just had such a the, the I don't know the the overall vibes I feel like that word gets overused now but the vibe was yeah. just so impeccable on this book it was yes I love yes. her I love her love her love yeah her. impeccable prose impeccable vibes I mean this book I was really bummed actually that it didn't make the best lists yeah that's I I was like I was expecting it to show up somewhere on there and it might have had some twosies but like it didn't crack the top you know and uh, I was like justice for last tale of the flower yes. pride like this book is amazing yeah, it is. so yeah highly recommend if you have not picked it up yet I loved that book fantastic well I will tell us about my next pick which is my science fiction pick so it's funny I signed up for this podcast like I you know we're doing we're failing in for Sharifa and we're all kind of filling in different episodes just based mm-hmm. on what works and I was like oh my gosh I read so much SFF this year like let me do it uh lies I read a lot of fantasy and spec this year <laughs> I did not read very much actual science fiction this year which I noticed when I sat down to do this I was like I should read a book <laughs> so um I was very recently on this very show talking about Anne Leckie and how I hadn't read mm-hmm. any of her other work and I decided to go back and read a book that she released this year, which is Translation State. And I will confess, I'm actually like 90% done with it, but I'm still putting it Mm. on here because this book is just breaking my brain in a really great way. Um, So it is a standalone, but it is set in the world of her ancillary justice series. And which, as I've established, I have not read. And I think it probably would have helped maybe get me a little further in recognizing some names, but Mm. I still felt like it was fine. It's a space opera where, you know, three kind of distinct lives collide in search for an alien translator who has been lost for centuries. And this book is so, which is a thing that Lucky does a lot, right? But a lot, a lot, a lot about language, about power Mm. dynamics, and a lot about gender identity and like getting agency over your personhood, and I will admit this has a lot, which I mean, this is science fiction. That's fine. But like, so there is so much language stuff that I started this one on audio because it is read by the like indomitable, just incomparable Adjoa Ando, who also read The Raven mm. Tower, who's done so much work with her career. But you may know most recently is Lady Danbury from Bridgerton. Um, oh, my so gosh. Just per- like this buttery, smooth, like excellent delivery and does a really good job because this book plays with pronouns in a way that mm. I, you really have to kind of listen for because they're not I think it's like Sill and Sarah, not like, you know, they in mm-hmm. there. So anyway, there's a lot of concentration <laughs> that had to happen with this book. I did have to switch to print for a bit because of that. But anything that plays with language in this way is going to be a catnip thing for me. And I'm very, very, very positive that you know, this last like 10% is still going to land this book on a best mm-hmm. of for me. So yeah, that's mm-hmm. Translation State by Anne Leckie. That's good to hear. I have, again, a book I did not get to, but I've, you know, been reading Lucky for many a year now yes. and enjoying the experience. So it's high on my list. It's um, great. Awesome. So I I did read a bunch of sci-fi this year. Uh, so I have two sci-fi picks. The first is The Deep Sky by Yume Katasi. Listen, y'all, I know you've heard me and Sharifa both now talk about this book. So I'm not going to re-summarize it for you, except for to say that it is like a whodunit on a spaceship that also might still blow up like we might all die and we're trying to save humanity and a bunch of us are pregnant like (laughs) what 
the stakes could not be higher. Like literally could not be higher. Um, and I, this is another, actually it's interesting. I didn't think about this. This one also has a present and then past timeline. You see these Ooh. characters as adults and then you see them as teenagers. Um, just like Last Tale of the Flower Bride. Apparently I'm a sucker for that. Um, it was so well done because, you know, you have these people who have been in, you know, a really intensive training program in competition and also in collaboration with each other for years. And so things get messy and complicated, like feelings get messy and complicated, relationships get messy and complicated. Also, you're like in space trying to like, you know, spread humanity to the stars. Like what, what, what could not go wrong, quite frankly, <laughs> like what could not go wrong? Um, and it's just, it's so well done. You, I mean, these characters, you alternately want to like shake them and hug them and be like, what are you doing? Like, please don't do that thing. And it's all so, so good. So I feel like this is the book that I've been sort of waiting for, honestly. Like, the the things that Katasi does with this trope that's like, you know, it's a trope. Like, it, we've we've seen this played out before. I love it every time. Um, but I feel like she makes it, you know, thoroughly her own. And um, it was. It was absolutely one of my favorite sci-fi books of the year. So, again, Deep Sky by Yume Katasi. Do not read if you are sensitive to pregnancy uh, and child um complications don't do it <laughs> the way that ended complications yeah, yeah i don't no. want to i don't know I quite, it's like hard to say but don't yes. don't read it if that's no. gonna bug you totally i think we get what you're putting down so i appreciate that yeah <laughs> i've been meaning to read that one for a while i need to write that down. so good yes okay um speaking well no i'll save that one for later so yeah my i already kind of teased this at the top of the show but my pick that i don't even know what to classify this as <laughs> but um i looked all over the place to see what other people were doing and yeah it's like fantasy but historical but very horror so many things mm -hmm. and that's lone women by victor laval which i think you've also talked obviously you know between the book club and other like your people know what this is about by now but it's just, you know, 1950, like I love historical, I love a like woman setting off on her own, and then you make it horrifying in this yeah. what's in the box way. And I was like, what's in the box? What? <laughs> like, I, this is so, so good. I also did this one on audio and then went back to read parts of it in print. I was like, no, that's, there's no way I understood that correctly. No, I did. Mm. I did, in fact, understand it correctly. I was just like, oh, okay. That's where we're going with this. Um, Laval is really great at, a yeah horror period and then spec fic but in mm -hmm. this book really dives into those like isolation feelings and what division across race looks like when those especially like well-meaning white people in the story like mm, not so much mm. <laughs> like and mm. how racism is very often that sort of thing where like the veneer of it is like no everybody here is friendly and accepting until mm -hmm. um the family dynamic and like what community means especially mm -hmm. among like marginalized folks and then again what's in the box <laughs> it's yeah. just like and who what etc the box contents are was like oh mm. okay and that was the part that i went back and reread to make sure i understood it and no i did it was just yep. awful um so oh yeah i just victor laval had me at changeling and ballad of black tom so like i always knew mm -hmm. i was gonna read this but i am typically not a person who goes for stuff that's western like it's not that i don't oh. like it it just maybe isn't yeah. the thing i reach for often uh, mm -hmm. I think I need to change that because this was mm -hmm. a lot of fun. That whole like frontier 
yeah what the heck is out there possibility but only for the people who we think deserve it thing is something i would like to spend more time with so and (laughs) it made me sing wide open spaces by dixie chicks a lot which is really weird (laughs) because the book is like again horror and i was like wow yeah so that's my story but yeah read this book it's really good (laughs) lone women it's really good yeah read it and then listen to our book club episode about it it's great it's i mean it's it's a lot though i mean i have i like it's funny that book left me with so many complicated feelings about like what do i think about some of these people like i don't know absolutely and he does not answer those questions for you so you're just left to be like wow okay all right so i guess i have to like think about that um and that's also i think a valuable trick it's not a trick. It's no. a valuable thing, thing to do with a book. It starts off with a bang. Oh, it's just good. It's oh, good. it really does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I can't believe we didn't call that book club episode What's in the Box. I'm really like, disappointed. <laughs> I'm, I'm retrospective. It's right there. It's how it is. It's not... right there. <laughs> Well, how do we not do that? All right. Anyway. Okay. My next, uh, it's sci-fi. I'm going to say it's sci-fi. It, it is like, there's a lot of growing tendrils of things Hmm. which just are not scientifically explained necessarily um but the archive undying by emma mieko kandon i have been raving about this book y'all i it's so good it's a debut it is weird it's messy it's so compelling i mean this world is bananas like i just i it's it's rare that i feel like somebody knocks me upside the head uh with their world building the way like it happens every now and then right like when you get like a china medieval or like nk jemison or you know etc cetera, etc cetera. and i feel like candon has done that with this world like it just feels so Ooh. i would never have come up with this <laughs> I never and never. And Sunai, who is our like hot mess of a main character who's like sleeping with the wrong men, like on the run, possibly immortal. Like what is going on with him? Lots of dark secrets in his past. And this is the first in a series. So there is a resolution, but it is not the resolution. And I think that's also handled extremely well here um because you know mecha stories like uh, again there's lots of mecha stories out there but what canon does with it is just truly bananas it's truly banana pants um i really am obsessed with this book (laughs) i don't know what else to tell you like pick it up and read it it's dark it's (laughs) messy it's twisted it's there's a lot of tendrils but like it's so worth it it's so worth it Oh, it's so I good. really enjoy. It. Pick it up and read it. <laughs> I just, you know, just do it. Just, just do it. Like, just do it. That is excellent. I just realized in you talking that I really do enjoy a mecha story, and that could have very well been right? like a favorite thing from our favorites and pet peeves episode. And I just oh yeah, about it, but yeah, adding that right. to my my list, my mental list. Okay, so my second pick, which is definitely fantasy, is one that I I have talked about on this show enough times, and I think y'all have also talked about, but it is, um, yeah, The Shadow Cabinet by Juno Dawson, which maybe you've talked more about the first book and the series, it's Her Majesty's Royal Coven. This was the sequel, and it, it held up, man, like, Juno Dawson really loves a throw stuff at the wall cliffhanger <laughs> and mm-hmm. they're worth oh it my God. which is great but this book i remember talking to a patricia elsie tuttle who does our uh, read this book newsletter and is also on all the books about it and she said you know that red california screaming at disney world or not disney world uh, california adventure <laughs> i said yeah it's this like just shotgun of a roller coaster she's like that's what this book felt like 
And yes, that is a description I'm going with. Like from the jump, you're just like, and go. And it's, you know, mm-hmm. witchy covens of besties that like are no longer besties. Magical war, high stakes, a prophecy, lots of queer characters. So much swearing. I have said that before, but it's my favorite part <laughs> about this. It's And it's like English-Irish sweary, which is mm-hmm. even better. <laughs> so yeah, it's just this this book really delivers it's a trilogy but the best part is that we're getting that prequel that takes Mm. us to tudor times because the original Mm -hmm. witch of the coven is anne boleyn and i don't know how to tell you how excited (laughs) that makes me (laughs) like we're going to tudor england with judo dawson sign me up twice so yeah oh yeah can't wait to see whatever this finally concludes but i'm super down for that prequel and i just love this book to pieces it's such a middle finger to the phobes and i love it yeah so yeah shadow cabinet I read the first one because you loved it so much. Like, literally, I was like, well, Vanessa loved this book, so I have to read it. And I got to the end and I was like, how (laughs) How dare dare you? I know. (laughs) I am never going to get over this ever. Uh, And so I was like, I don't know if I can keep going. Maybe you should wait. Uh, Yeah. So upset. The second one is one where you think literally until the last, I want to say two paragraphs that you're out of the woods about the cliffhanger. Like where you're like, okay. Oh my God. Like, yeah, there's some stuff, but you're like, okay, I can live with this. And then the last two paragraphs, you're like, wait, 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 what? What? And I, again, I I only will (laughs) forgive Gina because the books are so good and because we're getting this prequel, but... Right. I had to text several people in my life to be like, did that just happen? And yes, yeah. it did. But I'm going to have to wait till the series Okay, <laughs> that's fine. I just can't. I'm, I am I am a delicate flower and I just can't <laughs> do it right now. I can't get, you can't get me that attached I to know. some people and then pull that business. Um, that's however, if you like having your heart ripped out of your chest, like go for it. <laughs> um, that's excellent. Really- Babel did it too. I ha- I like can't throw stones because I keep reading, you know, RF Kwan, but R. like Kwan. whatever. <laughs> to each to each our own heart ripping. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, it has been a heavy year and a lot of these books are pretty heavy. So I was like I need to pick something that's not heavy and then i was like oh you know how romanticy has like taken over the world like suddenly romanticy which is a portmanteau of romance fantasy which i had only ever encountered literally once before and it was actually a question from one of our year-end sff yeah mm. shows somebody was looking for romanticy recommendations so i was like is that what i think it is and i had to like google it well now everybody knows about romanticy. It's like the big deal of the year. Um, and I was like, oh, I, I could pick a, I did read, a, I'd read a bunch of it. Like I'm, I'm here for it. Um, and then I read one just really in the lead up to this by accident that I was like, well, I found it. I found my fourth book. It's Bitter Medicine by Mia Sai. And this is, this is we've never talked about it on the show before. So I'm going to go a little bit more into it. This is a contemporary fantasy where a uh, Chinese immortal being and a French elf are like, sh- like she does work for him Great. in, 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 uh, in like, she does calligraphy spells. She does calligraphy oh. magic. Yeah. It's so good. Okay. You can be done and now. And <laughs> he is one of the customers who comes to the shop to be like, he's an agent for this like paranormal, you know, whatever uh, enforcer agency. And he needs his very dangerous job. So he comes to her to get calligraphy spells to help him do his job. And they are like 
secretly not so secretly in love with each other but like both are like no I can't I mustn't um and you know you can imagine where it goes from there both have big secrets in their past there's a lot of complicated family stuff um it they both have really dark things in their background but somehow this book maintains such a sense of like compassion and gentleness and humor about it 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 reminds me in that regard of um ooh the light from Uncommon Stars okay, yeah, uh, exactly. by Rika Aoki because it's like it's it's not that bad things haven't happened to them or that like horrible things may be continuing to happen to them but they have so much they just are they're just they're such like you know that like well I guess I'm gonna laugh because otherwise I'm just gonna cry <laughs> moments in here and they're so cute together oh my gosh I can't say it like nobody is a toxic anything everybody is a cinnamon roll who's just like going through it and you just want to hug them and like yell at everybody who's making their lives hard um I just I'm obsessed obsessed with this world it's a debut novel so like I can only hope that we will get more this version of oh and it takes place in london vanessa um so i know (laughs) well writing that down right now sold like it's just it's the heartwarming story that i needed the action is great there's family stuff there's the love there's the different cultures and i love actually most about this there's a uh end note from the author about all of the different cultures and languages that are present and why she included them. That is just like, mwah, chef's kiss. Love it. So I, yeah, I love everything about this book. Um, and I, if you are looking for something a little more heartwarming uh, that still has plenty of action, Bitter Medicine by MSI will do a, the thing. It's really, really good. Um, I'm going to be talking about it for a while. No, like, I so. might not need to read that, like, today. <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. I, just I'm put it into, into my your brain. Reading. Just, like, put yeah. it into your brain. That's, I yeah. love coziness, but I definitely still need there to be, like, stakes. And yes. that is the thing oh, I sometimes run into with romanticism. Yeah, so that is going to be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to be a cheater and just quickly give a shout out to a book that if I'd gotten <laughs> further into it, I, I wonder if it would have landed on this list just because I don't mm. feel like a lot of people are talking about it or maybe not anymore. Maybe they did for a bit. But Immortal Longings by Chloe Gong, I did not realize mm. until about three weeks ago, is inspired by Antony and Cleopatra. <gasps> and I just it's like very Hunger Gamesy. Like there's these twin cities that have these battles every year that like if you you're probably going to die. But like if you don't, then you win a lot of money. And again, there's an Antony and Cleopatra angle in there that, oh, like, I, I loved Our Violent Delights by Chloe Gong. So I was mm-hmm. interested and I just wish I'd gotten further into it because I really think it could have been here. And I don't feel like a lot of people are mentioning it anymore. And it's yeah. just, like, I don't know, it's a lot of fun. So I just wanted to sneak that in real quick because I think you should well, read it. And hopefully I You sold like me. Yeah. <laughs> you, Antony and Cleopatra. And then some of the characters have, like, names that are, like, August instead of August. <laughs> like I was like, okay, yes, I, I see you. I see what you're doing. So, yeah, we're gonna I'm gonna read that, but I'm definitely gonna maybe put the finishing of that on pause because I really want to read Bitter Medicine now, <laughs> and that's fine. <laughs> it's so good. Okay, all right. Well, that was our uh, best of. Uh, best jumping of around <laughs> best of plus yeah b- best of with bonus best ofs um hope you have lots of books to read now i'm sure you do you can always tell us what you think about these um sff bookriot.com sff sound edited by caitlin brame so many thanks to her as always for making us sound great each and every episode if you need more book recommendations you can always get those at bookriot.com you can find our other podcasts 
at bookriot.com slash listen. Uh, thanks for hanging with us for 167 episodes. What, what? Um, again, yes, email us, sff yet, bookriot.com, pet pictures, book recommendation requests, you know, favorites, theme ideas, whatever. Send it in. Uh, you can also review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, really wherever. It helps other people to find the show. Vanessa, where can people find you? Mostly on Instagram at Buenos Dias SD. Excellent. I am still on social media breaks, so don't look for me. <laughs> I'm not there. Don't find me. Bye. I will be here, but I am not there. <laughs> Love that for you. <laughs> Truly. All right. We'll talk to you next time. Bye.